Love you, Bishop. Why don't you be seated for just a moment, or two, or three, because I want to just say how much of an honor it is to be here in this 80th anniversary. Forty years ago this month, I assumed the pastor to this church, and what a blessing that has been through the years. Brother Terry was known as a doctrinal man, and I was known more as a, as a uh, long-suffering man. Brother Bradford's known as a great worship leader. I want to thank him and his wife for the blessings that they've been to this church. And this is no light thing that I'm saying right now. This church is debt-free. This property is debt-free. And that means a whole lot, should mean a whole lot to you because when you give money to banks for interest, you waste so much money making the New York merchants so wealthy. But you should make the kingdom of God wealthy, and that's where the money is spent. You can see this property has continued to develop, and it is first class everywhere you look. And, uh, and I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate him taking care of my daughter and uh, my grandson and granddaughter. And they're involved in the ministry, and I appreciate that so very much. It's good to see so many friends here uh, from all over, and then see my family here from Mexico, Washington, Las Vegas, James and Cookie, James and Louise, I'm sorry. The cookie crumbled a long time ago. It's Louise. Um, and their son, Tom. Love you, Tom. Praying for a complete and total victory in the name of the Lord. And you're sitting by a miracle. Sister Paula Young, would you just stand and testify? No, just kidding. She gave me the evil eye. But I just want you to know how proud we are, what God has done in your life recently and uh, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost two weeks ago. Something like that. How many? Two weeks ago, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. And just, uh, just a great miracle. So when I asked her, I said, I was going to have you testify. She said, oh, no, no. So I just got that no, no evil eye again. But I just want you to know how thankful we are for you to be in the house of God. And then my kids from Pennsylvania, my, my, my. I am such a blessed person to be here today. 78 years of age, you know the normal age of men pass away somewhere around, or the average, somewhere around 74, 75, and I'm on borrowed time. And when I turned 75, I relinquished a lot of things because I felt like it'd be better for me to give it up than somebody say, please give it up. And uh, so I moved a lot of things around, and, and then God just picked me up and sent me all over, and I'm thankful for that. I am such a blessed man to be a part of this church for so many years. Um, I was here at the fourth anniversary. I was here at the fourth anniversary. That was a long time ago. To be alive today, to be blessed, I am so, so thankful for all that God has continued to do in my life. And I'm very humbled by it. 
know preachers that have uh, relinquished pastoral duties and they wish they had a place to preach. They wish they had a place to go to church comfortably. And uh, I don't have to worry about all of that. In fact, I'm not, I'm, I'm in the no worry zone. I don't have to worry about getting gray-headed. I don't have to worry about getting fat. I don't have to worry about dying young. All that's behind me. I'm in the no worry zone. Kind of like the young boy told his daddy, he said, I, I have a stomach ache. He said, well, son, that's because it's empty. You need to put something in it. A couple weeks later, the church evangelist came by, and he said, oh, man, I got a headache. The boy said, that's because it's empty. You need to put something in it. <laughs> I am so happy to be here today on this 80th anniversary and be able to preach the word of the Lord today. It means so much to me to be a part of this great church all these years. It's my heartbeat. And yesterday was such a phenomenal day, and we have some guests here. I was able to bring their Bible study lessons today and give them, Betty, I'm sorry about your last name, but I know you as Betty Dunlap, and your husband is with you, and that's awesome, but, and Treva Howard, and your husband's with you, and their last names slipped me, but I remember them as Betty Dunlap and Treva Howard, okay? No offense to you two great, great men, but uh, I brought them today, their, their, Bible class from 1970s and 80s uh, in De Bethel Apostolic Academy where I taught school uh, Bible. So it's good to have you guys here today and all of you that are here faithfully throughout the years and continue to be what God has called you to be. I thank God for that. Churches go through four seasons. They go through the planting, the harvesting, the cultivation and all that. And uh, we've been in a great time of harvesting. And I believe there are coming a time where there will be a cultivation, we replanting. You know, if you stay in the harvesting stage too long, then you have to make make-believe fruit. But when you move from harvesting to cultivating and then planting and letting it grow and, and, and all, and then you come back to harvesting again, the conti church continues to grow. And that's what has happened through the years. And that's going to be my lesson today after I read my text to you. But... Uh, it's great to be part of a church that continues to grow and to develop. And here we are, 80 years down the road. And uh, my lesson today is found in the book of John, chapter 8, and verse 28. And I will read. Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but my father, as my father hath taught me, I speak these things, and he that sent me is with me. The father hath not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. And as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I love this building, put a lot of sweat and tears in this property, but having a building does not make it a church. What makes it a church is you as the children of God. Sitting on a pew does not make you a Christian. Obedience to the word of God makes you a Christian. He said, if you continue in my word, I'm simply preaching to you today. My title is Continue. 
continue. We've come a long ways. The theme of this week has been not just to dwell in the past and enjoy the present, but to look forward to the future. The word continue means persist in activity or process. Continue, persist in activity or process. Would you ask the Lord to help us today? Would you lift your voices together? Savior, we love you and thank you for your goodness, your word, your truth. Uh, dwell in us richly. Let the word of God become effective in our lives today. We ask you to bless, strengthen, and give to us according to your divine will and plan. Uh, and we ask these things in the wonderful name of the Lord. Uh, and somebody shout amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It is once again such an honor to be here today. And to be able to preach on this 80th anniversary, it's just at my age, good to be anywhere. But to be able to preach at my age, and, uh, you know, old men, old preachers never die. They just read their text and wander. But somebody sent me a little note the other day, said, blessed, blessed is the preacher that uh, has a great train of thought and has a caboose at the end. I hope that the caboose will end with you understanding where I'm coming from today. He shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. Somebody say continue. We're at our 80th anniversary. We're not stopping. We're not looking back. We're looking forward. If you plan to be a part of this church, you might as well plan on having a great future because God is in this place and has been in this place, and we're going to continue. We're going to persist in truth. And the results are that it will make you free. Just to have a church building and put a church placard on the street does not make us a church. What makes us a church is the truth that is preached to this place. I don't have time to talk about our humble beginnings. You can go to the website and you can see our humble beginnings. Uh, you can see what God has blessed us with. The old storefront is still standing over on East 18th Street. The buildings that are following uh, are still there. I had a joy last night to take Eloisa back in the back room and show her the picture of the old church on 34th Street where she was going at the time she got a revelation to where I was baptized in Jesus' name and received the Holy Ghost and have been a part of this church ever since, in and out. I know the younger generation has no care about our history, and I'm not talking about the church, I'm talking about the world. The younger generation wants to tear down statues, they want to tear down monuments, they want to change history, they want to rewrite history, and that bleeds into a denominal church or even into the church of Jesus Christ if we're not careful. And I just want to preach to you, we're not about the me generation. We're about truth. We're about Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Uh, Paul said, I, I, I don't want to know anything about you, but Jesus Christ and him crucified. It would be an honor today if everybody in our world, if this if America that we love so much would still be a Christian nation, it would be such a better place to live. But we're moving into a me generation where it's all about me. We don't care about Jesus. We don't care about church. The nun section, when you fill out, fill out papers, what religious are you? Are you Catholic, Protestant, Jewish? whatever, and then it says none, N-O-N-E, that is becoming the largest part of America today. They're nuns. I'm still proud and happy in my spirit to see people that believe the old-time gospel from Acts chapter 2. I can't say that I did a whole lot through the years that I've been involved with this church, but we have a great history, and it cannot be denied or forgotten. If we ever forget our history, we'll have no future. I thank God that this church doesn't go back just 80 years. It goes back 2,000 years ago to the book of Acts, and we're continuing. 
You're going to hear that phrase a little more often today. I can look at the years that I was involved and what I did on this property, what I've been doing for years, uh, and I can say, oh, look what I've done. <laughs> ha ha. I didn't do a thing. I built on another man's foundation. I was able to continue what God had given to me. And let me just say to you, if you'll stay faithful, this church will continue to be what it's been. You'll be a part of the kingdom of God. Don't let anything change what the foundation of this church has been. Now, I'm talking about future. We've got a great future. But if something happens to leadership somewhere down the road and some strange person like Old Testament kings come along and they didn't know God, they forgot about the past, uh, I'm here to tell you we've got a great past. We have a great present, but we have a greater future, I promise you. And that greater future is because of you, because you want to live for God. And the thing that connects the yesterdays to today is the fact that we continued thing that is going to keep us from today to the future is to continue. Somebody say continue. The reason you have a long marriage is you continued to love the one that you married. You didn't say, okay, I married you 30 years ago. I told you I loved you. If I ever change my mind, I'll let you know. No, we love Jesus today. We love Jesus yesterday. We're going to love Jesus tomorrow. We're going to continue in this great truth. I cannot forget my elder. Brother Bradford just talked about elders. Uh, we, if we forgot the elders, we'd have to forget the apostles. We don't just go back 80 years. We're not forgetting yesterday, and we're not forgetting 80 years, but we're not forgetting 2,000 years ago. This church has been on, built on the principles of the apostles' doctrine. It will continue to be that way. Somebody ought to shout amen. What brought us here is not a denominal work. What brought us here is the Acts 2.38 message. We still live by it. We still love it. And we're going to continue in it. <laughs> Book of Titus chapter 1 said, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest ordain, that thou shouldst set in order those things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I have appointed thee. In Book of Hebrews, it talks about the elders obtained a good report by faith. The apostle Peter wrote, the elders which are among you, I exhort whom also an elder. If you do away with the elders, you have nothing to do with doing away with the apostles also. And too many churches today in our world is forgetting the foundation of an apostolic church and they're closing their churches. 4,000 churches were closed this year by red right. as because truth has been forsaken and the seed, the word of God has fallen in the streets, but not here. We still teach and preach and we're going to continue to teach and to preach. This church was started and has continued in God's word as the elders have been given to us and we are not going to cave to the wokes generation. We're not going to give up decent dressing and clothing to the house of God and also when you're on vacation and away from the house of God. We're going to be Christian in the world as well as being Christian in the church. Too many people go to church to be a Christian, act like a Christian, act and live like the devil afterwards, not here. We're going we're gonna to live a Christian inside the church, and we're going to be a Christian on the outside of the church. We're going to continue to be what God has given to us. This church was started and has continued in the word of God. And that's what my text scripture said. If you continue in my word, ye shall be my disciples. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I love my elder, but we go beyond my elder. It goes back to Acts chapter 2, and we're never going to forget that. It's the death and burial and resurrection. It's the plan of salvation. The plan of salvation applied is Acts chapter 2, verse 38. The death is repentance. The burial is baptism. The infilling of the Holy Ghost is rise to walk in newness of life. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Clothing is new. 
Facial things are new. Life is new. Living for God is new. Don't give up living a brand new life. We are the first. We are the, oh, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. We are the first trans generation. They're just picking up on us. You know what trans means? Trans means above and beyond. We're the, we're the original trans people. They're the make-believe. They're trying to be something above and beyond. But we are above and beyond this world because we are transformed. I said we are transformed. Don't let the world imitate you. Don't let the world try to take that away from you. We are the original trans people because we've been transformed. Oh, somebody ought to shout with me. The oneness of God is preached in this place by our young men, our pastor, our elders, and it will be preached because it's going to be continued to be preached. It is the message of salvation. Revelation 22, 16 said, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star. That's one of the great one God apostolic scriptures. Uh, he is the Father. He is the Son. He is the Holy Ghost, all three in one. We don't believe partial doctrines. We believe the whole doctrine, the whole gospel to the whole world. This is why we continue in what we are. Jesus said, you'll see me as the Son of Man coming on the right hand of power, coming in the clouds of glory. I don't know about you, but these subjects are easy to read in the Bible. And one of the greatest subjects is the coming of the Lord. If I could preach to you today, I would try to remember and help you remember the fact that what you're doing today is going to save you. If you continue in that, the next great event may be Paula Young getting the Holy Ghost. To us, that was a great event. The next great event may be one of your relatives getting the Holy Ghost. But the greatest of all next events is the coming of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm looking in this world right now, and I'm beginning to pray, not just say, but to pray, come, Lord Jesus. Are you sick of this world, the murder, the drugs, the confused life, a younger generation that doesn't appreciate the former generation? Oh, yeah, kids are protesting what their moms and dads worked hard to put them to college to protest about. This world's gone crazy. It's time for us to go crazy. We ought to be crazy about this church. We ought to be crazy about this truth. You ought to be crazy about the Holy Ghost. You ought to worship today like you've never worshipped. You ought to believe the Bible today like you've never believed the Bible. We're in the greatest time of fulfillment, and we're going to continue. I said we're going to continue. Oh, hallelujah. This is an anniversary message, so I hope you enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, endure it. We're living in a day where they name the generations. The greatest generation was 1901 to 1924. That was my mother and dad's generation. They call it the greatest generation. And looking back, I, I, I like it too. Those of you that have parents in that era, they taught you some things that are right. The next generation was 1925 to 1945. It was the silent generation. Now, that generation is termed the silent generation. We could never relive that. We need to relive the greatest generation, what we were taught. Live it. 
Project it to your children. Continue in it. But don't become silent with it. The next generation was from 1946 to 64. That was me, the baby boomers. The next generation was Generation X, born from 1965 to 1979. The next was a millennial, born 1980 to 1994. Generation Z, born 1995 to 2012. Generation Alpha, born 213 to 225. The, the Alpha generation is actually the Z generation, which some call it the Y generation, because they questioned everything. And now the children are the Alpha generation. They want to start all over, the alphabet. They want to forget the past, tear down statues, monuments, forget about the Constitution, forget about principles of life and living and marriage and homes and all of that. Not the church. We still, we don't live in the past, but we enjoy the past because with that past makes us have a great future. Seven generations. You can downplay the fact that we are a generational church if you want. The world can make fun of us going all the way back to the apostles, get a life they want to say, but we're going to continue with the apostles' doctrine. The Alpha generation wants to rewrite our country's history. We cannot let that spirit come into the church. We're not going to rewrite the Bible. We're not going back to the third century and try to rewrite baptism and the titles. Uh, we're going to baptize in Jesus' name till Jesus Christ comes. Uh, we have been born again by that spirit, and we're going to live in that day. More than two and a half million children are born globally every week. When they have been completed in 2025, they will number almost two billion young people. Can I say to the harvest group of this church, uh, some of the greatest days of revival is ahead of us. Those days are packed full of revival and excitable things that happen in the well, in the pew, on the platform, in our homes, uh, because we're continuing with what God has given to us. Think of this. The largest generation in the history of the world is about to come upon us. One-fourth of the world's population that just turned 8 billion people is going to be a younger generation that if we're not careful, we'll miss the days of revival, looking back too far without looking forward too great. But this church will continue because the same old message is preached 80 years ago, but not only 80 years ago, it was preached 2,000 years ago. It was separation from the world then. It's separation from the world today. There's coming a time of cultivation. There's coming a time of replanting. There's coming a time of harvest again. Today, we're having a great time of revival. I don't know how many people have received the Holy Ghost of late, but let me just tell you, it's not going to last forever. You better dig in, get strong, because the world is going to come against you with everything they have. They're singing songs even today. We're after your children. They're putting it in schools. Thank God for a Christian school. We must continue what we are. I've said this before, but i got to say it again because of the seven generations I just gave to you. The Iroquois Indian, six tribes up in the northeast of the United States of America, said this statement, and they lived by it. In all our deliberations, we must consider the impact of our decision to the seventh generation. Let me just say, this church is not all about today. You know what it is about today? We're planning for the future. We thank God for yesterday. We'll never get away from that. It's all over this property. Maggie's Triangle, Libby Center, in our cafe, our history. We love it. But let me just tell you, church, if we don't continue in it, we'll dry up and blow away. But we're not going to do anything but continue in it. I love what I feel in this house. I love what is preached in this house. 
I love what I'm doing right now because I'm reminding a younger generation, we didn't get here by fluff and puff. We got here by solid preaching, teaching, establishing a generation, and we're going to continue that. That's the only way you build a church. There's too many churches drying up today. It wasn't too long ago I talked to a man. He said, we don't have any young people in our church. They're drying up. We talked to Shafter. They're buying a building from a church that's drying up. We're hoping to get their building just a few days. Why? They quit preaching truth. They quit separating themselves from the world, and they're drying up. You want to see every pew in this church empty? Just refuse to live with preach. Get a hold of it and love it. Oh, I, I wish you was with me today. But let me just say, the greatest time of revival is ahead of us. One-fourth of the world's population is going to be completely born by 2025, just a couple years away. And that generation has to know what we have. I'm telling you, when you go out of this building, act like who you are. You are a child of the Most High God. You have a calling above this world, and we didn't get here by fluff and puff and going back to the bleak and beggarly elements of the world. We got here by separating ourselves from the world, but hanging on to them with the hope that they'll be what we are. Don't give up praying for your kids. Oh, I got to say it again. Sister Paula, we prayed for you for a long time. You've been connected to the young family. Ah, well, you're still young. But the beauty of this is, that couple right there, James and Louise, never quit praying. Tom never quit praying. And Paula, living for God two weeks ago, received the baptismal. You know what that tells me? Your children can be saved. Your family can be saved. But if we don't teach the Holy Ghost baptism, they'll never be saved. If we don't teach baptism in Jesus' name, they'll never be saved. If we don't teach separation from the world, they'll never be saved. Keep it guarded and continue. Persist. 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 Continue in the activity with God has given to us. The Bible said in the book of Acts chapter 1, they all continued with one accord in prayer, supplications. Yes, we may not agree on every detail that goes on in a church. If we did, we'd be robots. But some things we better agree on, and that's separation from the world. We cannot let the world come into the church unless they're coming in to get out of the world. I want to see more makeup on the pews. Well, on people. I want to see more short hair on women. I want to see some more ungodly dress. Because the next generation of that, they're getting rid of their makeup. They're letting their hair grow longer. They're shaving their face and getting a good haircut. And they're putting on godly apparel because they came ungodly. But the same message was preached and they became godly. That's a great transformation, church. How exciting is it to see new people born again and put on holiness? It's because you continue. Oh, that went over like a flock of dogs. How many of you want to really continue what you are? How many of you just like to lay it aside and forget? Oh, no, we're going to continue what we are. There's people that are starting to look towards truth today, and they're wondering whether it was the same as when they left church. When they come to church, somebody just told me the other day, when we come back, 
We want to come back to the old paths. We want to come back to the old life. I said, we're still the old church down deep in our spirit. We're going to live it. We're going to love it. We're going to preach it. We're going to continue in it. Acts chapter 13, verse 43, he said, Now when the congregation was broken up, and many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. I got a little pet peeve on the grace of God. It's not the same thing as mercy. Mercy endureth forever. But the grace of God can be trampled underfoot. It can be frustrated. It can be transformed into things that are not. But the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us. Thank God for the grace of God. Mercy brought us, but grace will keep us. I said, mercy brought us, but grace will keep us. For by grace, teaching, establishing, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. I'm so glad the preaching came and got into my spirit. It's a gift of God to be separate from the world. We don't talk like the world. We don't carry the slang of the world. We don't follow politicians' pathways. We follow the preached word of God's pathways. Oh, I wish somebody would help me preach today. We're going to continue in the grace of God. It's a gift of God. And I am watching the time. 2 Timothy chapter 3. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. To whom we gave place by subject, Galatians 2 and 5. No, not for one hour that the truth of the gospel might continue in you. Oh, if we could continue what we have, the future is so bright for us. I said, if we continue what we have, the future is so bright for us. Look to the future and see your grandkids. I'm thankful I have grandkids here. I'm thankful I have great-grandkids here. I'm thankful for a life that has been given to me and my family. I've got so much family here today. And I'm telling you, there's nothing better than being a part of God's kingdom. We cannot lose it, church. We're not about to lose it. We're not going to lose it because we continue in what was taught. If you want to tear this church up, go somewhere else. You're not going to tear this church up. You're not going to tear down the foundations of this church. It's preached by our young men in their word shot. It's preached in our Sunday school class. It's preached in this congregation. You can't tear this church up. We are built upon the foundation of the apostles' doctrine and Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone, and we'll continue it. This is our 80th year. We got here with this message. We're going to go there with this message. We're going to continue till Jesus Christ comes. Galatians 2 and 5 said, To whom gave, they gave place by subjection, no, not for one hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue in you. Continue, 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 that truth may abound. How many of you thank God we still preach repentance? How many of you have repented lately? Oh, a few of you are honest. If you didn't repent lately, you're living in yesterday's problems. Jesus taught us to repent every day. Forgive us this day. Forgive us the Lord's Prayer, which is really our prayer. We need to repent every day. If you don't repent every day, it's going to pile up. Keep the devil off your shoulders. I told you the other week that, you know, the Lord went into the garden and he cursed Satan. I love this. I've told it everywhere I've been. This will be the fourth time I'm telling you. He made him crawl like a serpent to eat dust of the earth. 
You know what that was? He had no legs and no feet. So to tell you what happened with Satan, he is defeated. And he's disarmed. We have more power than the world. We have more power than Satan. We have more power than false doctrine. We have more power than the confusion of our world. We have a reason to continue what we are and who we are. If you can't define truth, you can't defend truth. Get it in your mind. Get it in your soul. Listen to the preaching. There is but one God, and his name is Jesus. I'm going to try to hurry through this. We went through the days of latter rain. I was talking to somebody. We sat in the audience of a latter rain preacher some years ago that went off haywire. There's no truth left in him. We survived the days of teeth filling, sensational type preaching, fake revivals, oil dripping from hands, false brethren, attacks on our separation. T.W. Barnes, a great man of God and a great preacher. Some of you old people might remember his name. He had the most success in oneness circles and stayed in truth for years. But he went to his tent one day and he saw the sign, T.W. Barnes Healing Campaign. And the Lord said, you read that sign. And he did. T.W. Barnes Healing Campaign. The Lord said, you're on your own. T.W. Barnes Healing, you're on your own. You know what he did? He took it down. Because it's not about T.W. Barnes. It's about Jesus Christ and him crucified. He's the healer that's in this place. Preacher told me the other day that he had four women in his church that had cancer, fourth degree, fourth stage cancer. This was years ago. The doctor said, you got to take all this or you're going to die. One is 20 years ago. He said, do I have the gift of healing? I said, no. You spin it. A gift came and you prayed for somebody and God healed them. When we forget who is in control of this church, we'll many diminish away from truth. But we're not forgetting who is in control of this church. We're going we're to continue in what God has given to us. We've survived those days and came through them with truth. And all of those churches have struggled or closed up because they believed in sensationalism. This is not a sensationalism, and yet it is in some ways. It is the greatest truth that's ever been preached. You're a part of it. You received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and you rejoice today because of songs and music and shouting and what have you. But that's not what brought you here. What brought you here is an apostolic truth. Now we get to enjoy the best music, the best platform, the best church, the best preaching. Oh, because Jesus saved us. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for Jesus Christ today. He saved me. Hallelujah. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. When we get through preaching and our notes are finished and we've said all that we can humanly say, you know what we do at the close of a service? We say, okay, Jesus, we did what you told us to do. I preached what God put on my heart today. But you know what has to happen right now? The greatest part of a service is right here in the well where prayer is made. And let me just say, prayer is not an idle thing in this church. When you start praying, 
Don't just repeat words to be repeating words. Touch the throne of God. We need deliverance in this house. We need healing in this house. We need the apostolic message in this house to continue what God has given to us. As the musicians come, I just want to tell you, I'm here to tell you and remind you again today that if we're going to have a great future like I believe we will, we've got to continue in what we are and who we are. Somebody stand with me and shout, I will continue. Somebody shout, I am a continuation. I am a continual product of God's word. I'm continuing to develop. I'm not perfect. I'm just forgiven. I have no reason to stand before you. I have no right in my own self to stand before you. I have no reason to proclaim truth from my lips. I'm like the old prophet that said, I have unclean lips. I am an undone man. But I can tell you because Jesus came into my life, I have a reason to live. I'm going to live for Jesus with everything in my spirit. I wish I could sing. You know what I would sing today? I would sing... Onward, Christian soldiers. That's an old song, and it talks about soldiers. Let me just say to you today, if you don't war a great fight of faith, you'll never make it. But if you'll continue to what God has given to you, you'll make it. Onward, Christian soldiers. Get a hold of this. Put on the whole armor of God. The devil's going to shoot at you. But remember, he's defeated and disarmed. His, his arrows have nothing in them that can penetrate a Christian's life. Why do you run from the devil? Why are you afraid of the devil? When the devil tempts you, turn around and say, ah, get behind me, Satan. I've got something better ahead of me. Get behind me, Satan. i got something better ahead of me. We're going to continue in this. God bless you. We're going to live for Jesus because people step out of the pew and start walking to the front of the well where something can change your life and give you a brand new hope in Jesus Christ. We're not just saying come up here and sign a church card, shake a preacher's hand, go live the way you used to live. No, no. When you come to this well, you're going to draw living waters. When you come to this well, you're going to have eternal life, a chance of eternal life like never before. Come on, church. Onward, Christian soldiers. Onward, onward, upward. Continue, continue, continue. Be persistent in an activity. We're not going to stop this. We're going to live it. We're going to believe it and live it till Jesus Christ comes. Thank you for the privilege of preaching to you today. But it will never be good unless we live it. Unless we live it. Lift your voices together. Make some commitments to God right now. Make some commitments to the Lord Jesus Christ right now. I'm going to live right for you
talking to the other day that they kind of was hinting like we need to update our name. Well, we did. Greater Bakersfield First Pentecostal Church. That's great. But our corporate name is not First Pentecostal Church alone. It's the Church of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Now I'm going to get nostalgic a little bit. But I was doing that. I was doing our the original minutes of this church the original minutes of this church and when I was doing the the uh, nonprofit 5013C I sent them after so many times one inch thick paperwork just to get our own 5013C because when we was with UPC we used their corporate deal and when we decided to get our own I was able to work on that and I, it was one inch thick and I didn't staple it or try to put it together because I wanted to just scatter when they opened it. It took forever. They said it'd be three months. It was like six months, if I remember right. And you know the beauty of it? When it came back and they gave us our 5013C, they went all the way to our corporate papers in 1947 and gave us a 5013C from 1947. I don't know what that did to you. It did something to me. That told them that we're continuing what we started, but we're not stopping today. We're going on. Revival is here. I said revival is here. But we're on the brink of the coming of the Lord. Get your children here. Get your family. 